0: Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. If you are just joining the show, thanks so much. If you have stayed over from the first hour, I'm so glad you did. I am Maureen McGrath. We have lots of subjects to talk about tonight on the program. I am going to cover overactive bladder and other urinary incontinence issues and why a diagnosis is important, intimate partner violence and homicide. We're going to be talking about that as well. And uh, also, I'm going to be talking a little bit about STI, sexually transmitted infections. Had an email about that, so I'll cover that. And also, a very special subject for you. Three, or no, sorry, one woman, three men. And I'm going to answer your email about that as well. And you can email me, sextalk at cknw.com, or you can call me, 604 280 9898, or star 9898 on your cell. The lines are open now. And uh, and so you can give us a call if you like, if you have any questions at all. But, you know, lately I've been having, as you know, I have a clinical practice and I do Skype consults and talk to people all the time. And a lot of women are, are asking me how can they improve their performance in the bedroom what techniques do i have to advise what tips well one of the things i think that is a great place to begin is to surround yourself with a beautiful atmosphere an atmosphere that is full of love and and sexy and clean and where better to begin than back to the bedroom and the bathroom so i'm delighted to have debbie evans who's an interior designer and a real estate expert join me in the studio tonight hello debbie Hi. Thanks for coming into the studio tonight. Thanks, Maureen. Nice to be here. That's great. So listen... um You know, I think it's really important that the bedroom is a a haven to make love. It's a place, uh, you know, of sensuality and you know to be sexy and be able to strut your stuff and feel comfortable in it—a place you want to go to. So, one advice, bit of advice I can give is to clean it up. I think that's important. But I've been uh, accused of being a bit of a germaphobe, and makes uh, a big
1: difference. It does. (laughs) But
0: I'm sure you, as an interior designer, have some great ideas and tips on how to improve a couple's bedroom.
1: Yes. Um, I find sometimes we focus on like kitchens and livings and other spaces, but uh, we need somewhere to go at the end of the day, shut the door and escape. So the master bedroom bathroom is quickly becoming probably one of the most important areas in the home. And so, you know, it doesn't matter, si- you know, the size, your budget, etc. Just like you said, by tidying it up, keeping it clean, you know, have a good control of lighting, heat and a really comfortable bed, um, you know, just a few little tips that
0: can make such a huge difference. Let's talk bed size. So do you recommend a, a a double, a queen, a king? I know budget is a consideration and space is also a consideration, but what are some of the pros and cons?
1: Well, I'll tell you recently, we do a lot of king size beds if we have the space for it, but I did have one client who was amazing Uh, They were creating the perfect oasis for themselves up in Whistler, and the master bedroom had to be very sexual, you know, sensual, um, comfortable, a place that him and his wife could escape to. They were very much in love. So when I mentioned, you know, a king-size bed, because they had more than enough room for it, he said, no, oh my gosh, no, I really need to have a queen-size bed. I need to be able to find my wife. And it was kind of funny. I'd never heard that before, but it's so
0: true. king That's size beds point. are huge. Absolutely. And you can be far more intimate in a smaller bed.
1: Well, you have a tendency to kind of pull away and sleep on your own side. When where, you're sleeping
0: in a football field. Yeah, Absolutely. There's nothing
1: more comfortable than going to bed with someone you love And being comforted by them, and you know, holding them through wrapped up and entangled
0: together, and you can do that almost easier in a queen size bed.
1: Loving, yeah. So that's
0: a great tip, and can save some money uh, for people who are on a budget. So, what are some other tips uh, for the bedroom?
1: Really, a comfortable bed and great sheets. If you have really like soft, silky sheets, or depending on what you like, you go to bed, it feels great. It feels good against the skin. You know, just complete comfort then you might not want to wear as much clothing to bed as he, <laughs> you know. Exactly.
0: And the silk sheets can actually regulate your, te- your body temperature better. Exactly. If you, you're and you're, if you're sleeping in the raw, you actually regulate your body temperature better as well. It's healthier for you. And it's a bit you. sexy. So, it certainly is. Yeah. And one thing might lead to another. Exactly. You know what, you what I'm saying. You may have a
1: really intimate,
0: uh, loving night. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, how about that master bath? The bathroom um, so big showers I imagine yeah. giant showers you with can, seating
1: exactly you can do it, two shower person, heads yeah, I mean two this person is person shower
0: this is budget as exactly. well though some people may not have this but, but this is the luxury shower okay. and so most people if they
1: have the budget for it they're trying to do steam showers with benches two person shower you know they may have body sprays rain shower heads etc and you can do you know different control valves so that you can do different things at different times so it's kind of a multifunction space. So you go in, you have a steam bath and then a quick shower, complete, relaxed. You feel so much better at the end of the day. Um, if you're into bathtubs. You
0: can move things from the the queen-size bed into the shower and back as well. Exactly. So the activities that and are you performed can do that in the queen-size bed, yes, of course you can. That's <laughs> just what you want to do thing. as an exhausted woman, get up at 3 a.m. and take a shower. <laughs> so,
1: And then the bathtubs, like we do a lot of bathtubs that, with spa massage, you know, you can do shiatsu massage, they have heated backrests. So it's not just a bu- basic bubble not bath. Not your
0: it's mother's bathtub no. anymore.
1: You go in for a soak and it's like, you know, three inches deep. This is, you know, beautiful soaking tubs. Um, you can do mud baths in them. And it's how about
0: for people who spa. are on a limited budget? Do you have, um, what, what ideas do you have? Uh, I mean, my only thing I can think of is <laughs> on a limited budget. I'm very familiar with that. Um, candles that are massage oils.
1: Yeah, you can do... Um, yeah, massage double oils, dipping, candles. pun intended. I've even saw someone post over Facebook uh, that they, for Christmas they got this um, contraption that you put on the wall and it holds a wine glass while you're in the sh- the uh, bathtub. <laughs> Okay, there should be a limit on that. <laughs> but it was funny. The, so yeah, yeah. And, you know, little things. It doesn't have to be, you know, do some Epsom salt soaks. They're and, easy and they're relaxing and they feel good and they're healthy and for you. And do
0: that for your lover. Do that for your partner. After a hard day's work, set the bathroom scene, yeah. you know.
1: Go in and do a bit of massage.
0: Exactly. You know, a little
1: sensual touch and, you know, just a little bit of that can go such a long way. I'm the way. sexpert.
0: You're the renovator. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs>
1: but yeah, so like. You make
0: a great point. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just always- and that's an
1: existing. And, you know, if you need to do just basic small fix-ups, you can do simple things in the bathroom to do, you know, like new tile, new towels, new shower curtains, you know, just simple things if you don't have a big budget. And then if you do have a big budget, then people are trying to do like the steam showers, the bigger showers with the dual body sprays so that you can go in and shower together.
0: But the point is making it inviting. And you can go into a, a shower that doesn't have a dual shower head together exactly. as well. You it, don't need all of the accoutrements. You don't no, need the benches. You don't not. need all of that. In fact, things might get a little hotter yeah, if exactly. you don't have all of the, that extra space. But it's
1: just making so the time and getting in there and using the space the way you should. Absolutely. Like as a couple or, yeah, or even by yourself. There's even bath (laughs) – we do a lot of toilets now, wall-hung or floor-mounted from Duravit, and they have Senso seats. So it's pretty funny, but we joke about it because they have a separate remote control, and you can control the water, the temperature, the heat on the seat. They have lights. You could almost go get a shower – Go use that toilet for a little while and go to bed very happy. This is an excellent
0: segue <laughs> into my overactive bladder. Thank you, Donald Trump segment coming up next. Debbie Evans, interior designer, real estate expert. Thank you so much for joining me. How can my people pleasure. get in touch with you to design this fabulous bathroom?
1: Uh, they can go to my website. It's www.debbieevans.ca. I'd be happy to answer any questions. Okay,
0: great. Well, thanks so much. Thanks for coming into the studio. It's always great. And I hope that's uh, given you a little inspiration, motivation to get your bedroom and bathroom up to snuff so you can get back to the bedroom as soon as you can. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980, CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath hosting this show. It's always my pleasure. Hopefully there's some pleasure for you, or at least learning a little bit about a little more pleasure in your life or how to add that. You can always go to my blog, 50shadesofpink.ca. Uh, my latest one, Sex 101, Sex Lessons from the Sexpert, uh, based on some of the questions that I've had. I love your emails, so you can email me anytime. Sextalk at CKNW.com. So here's one of your emails. Last week, I spoke about a book that I had heard about, read a few excerpts from, listened to uh, an interview about it, but I certainly didn't write it. I wish I had. It was written by Pauline Middleton, and it was called One Woman, Three Guys. And so I just talked about her story, That was it. I'm not not trying to be defensive. Honestly, I wish I'd written it, but mine might have been different. One woman, six guys. (laughs) One woman, nine guys. (laughs) I need a lot of help, okay? Um, And I'll tell you why. But I got this email last week with regard to that comment that I made about the book, One Woman, Three Men. And this, I should refresh your memory in case you're new to the show. This was a a woman who was tired of the dating scene and tired of the same old guy. And she realized at some point that she needed a man to have a conversation with. So somebody she could go head to head with and talk to. And she needed somebody to help with the chores around the house, household chores and yard work. And to do those other duties that um, women, you know, Stereotypically, don't like to do, and one guy for sex. So, she, so when she put this out on the dating site, she got loads. Needless to say, she got tons of responses, and most of the guys said, "I'm I'm great at sex. I can do the household chores, but I want the sex as well." But she managed to have three men, and in her life, each fulfilled one of those roles, and they, you know, she kind of um, rotated men through those roles as well. So that was the premise of the book, and so here was the email from one. Listener. Maureen, you talked about how one guy wasn't enough for a woman. Am confused how I've been brought up to treat women as equals. Women can do anything a man does. That said, I go into a relationship with, I hope this feels like my best friend, and we have awesome sex. You guys say women need a guy for sex, gardening, or cooking, as if men are slaves. Is it that women are so lazy that they got to have someone do everything for them? In my relationship, that's how things play out. I don't have a list of things she needs to do. She on the other hand has a never-ending list of chores and doesn't want to have s- and doesn't want to even have sex after I've completed her list. I bet you're not alone, buddy. Um the bottom line is this was an experiment from my understanding and I'm trying to get her to come on the show and talk about her book. That I'd wish I'd written. It was a great idea. I thought it was brilliant. But I'll give you an example. You know, there, are, uh, women. You know, men are physically bigger than women, most of them. Um, and so there are certain things that women don't want to do, or not socialized to do, don't like to do, or can't do. Let me give you an example. This we've had the snow, and this week my car is three and a half years old, and I can't even believe this, but. Did I never have to change the windshield washer fluid? And does it, is there like a giant belly underneath the car loaded with windshield fluid? We have, or is it all the rain here that we really don't have to change it that much? But I was plagued by the fact that I'd run out of windshield washer fluid. And you know, when we, you have snow and cold and ice on your windshield that uh, it can be problematic and you use the windshield washer fluid. So I ran out, So I had, and I had a full tank of gas. So I was too embarrassed to actually, in my travels, to actually pull into a gas station. Like, who cares? Nobody knows I'm living. I don't know why I didn't. But anyway, I didn't want to just go in there and ask them to fill my... Windshield washer fluid. I would have tipped them, but I just felt "Mm, it's a waste of the time. So then I tried myself, and I tried for two days to try and find the lever that that there must be to open the hood. So that took two days, and and no, I did not run into one man in these forty-eight hours. In these twenty-four hours, forty-eight hours, whatever it was, and or kept forgetting when I did, and so I. It literally took me two days to find the lever, and then I popped the trunk. Do you think I, I mean, not the trunk, the hood. I don't even know the names of the car, uh, the parts. I popped the hood. I think that's good lingo. And I could not lift up the hood. No way. No how. No way. So happened to be with the hottest guy on this planet who shall remain nameless. And he filled my windshield washer fluid. But then he said something, and of course I didn't listen and I didn't hear it. And within about 10 hours of driving, I was out of the fluid again. Never thought to ask, how do you do this? So there are certain things. So I need a guy for windshield washer fluid, and uh, even to fill the gas tank, that would be good. Uh, But anyway, I digress. So there are certain things that women just aren't socialized to do and and so this this intention was not to say um, you know we 're so lazy, we need this, but you know in a relationship, there are certain things, there are needs, there are desires there are sometimes you're you're head to head with somebody and you 're just having the best intellectual conversation, or you 're you just love their sense of humor, you get aroused by their sense of humor that 's why sexting is just so. Fantastic, actually, because it can be really arousing. And even if you've never met the person before, if they have a great sense of humor and you're kibitzing over text messages, and you can tell they're smart. They have a great way with the English language. They have a great command of the English language, even if they have uh, spelling dyslexia. Um, but, you know, even it, it can be actually arousing or somebody pays attention uh, to you. So that's all that that was about. And it's not, and, and people take off on different roles in life and in relationships. There, there can be you know a lot of women do the finances that's thought to be a male's job often to uh, run the money uh there's a lot of women that are doing the yard work there's a lot of guys that are cooking there's so you know it's it's what works for you in your relationship so it's uh There are other issues. If she gives you this is a real imbalance of power, it sounds to me like in your relationship. If there's a never-ending list of chores and there seems to lack intimacy, you've got to get to the root of the problem. You've got to get to why she doesn't even want to have sex. To quote you, sir, um, who sent this email, and why she doesn't even want to have sex even after you've you've completed her her list. And and a little tip if you want to get anything done um, by a guy, make the list have two things on it. <laughs> They'll they're more likely to complete it. But a lot of women put 30, 40 things on a list and then say, you didn't do it." Well, a lot of people, even not just guys, but will be overwhelmed looking at that list um we're looking at that list and think, "I can never accomplish this. I'm a failure. I'm not going to do it. It's too much. It's so much easier to sit on the couch with a remote control and a beer. That's nothing against you guys. You know I love you. When I come back, we're going to talk about sexually transmitted infections, overactive bladder, intimate partner violence, and a lot more. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Downtown Downtown,
1: Downtown. She has her arms around your waist You're yeah, the balance that you keep her
0: Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980 CKNW. We are heading into the final strokes here of the program. I'm going to start with with a few of your emails. Dear Maureen, I am a 70-somethings gent, slim, virile, and in very good condition, given my youth, quote-unquote. I've done without, again, quote-unquote, for the past three decades plus, and up until 2012 have been a very devout practicing Catholic for my entire life, until... I saw the light. I learned very well how to deny myself, self-sacrifice, and on and on. I'm extremely discriminatory when it comes to the dating thing, too. Consequently, consequently, I've had very few relationships of any substance. I was married for seven years in the mid-70s, three of which we were separated. So figure it out. Of course, I am trying to tell you that I've lived in a sexual wasteland. I wouldn't know what it's like to help a woman achieve an orgasm either. I've subscribed recently to five sexy dating and other things websites. Now, this is a real Reformed Catholic. In an effort to meet a few women to get it on with before I die without ever tasting what sex is can really be like. So if I eventually connect with a woman, shall we say, I want to be prepared both for her and I. I could never live down getting a woman pregnant nor winding up or giving her a sexually based infection, for lack of a better word or term. Now I know you've given us information on the topic of safe sex, but I did not listen very carefully. Could you provide me with the ABCs of safe sex in a nutshell or tell me where and how to get it? I know this tool I'm using to write you is all I need, but I figured it'd be worth my while to ask Thanks and the very best to you in 2017. We are talking about safer sex. It reduces a risk of getting a sexually transmitted infection. If you don't have one, you're not going to give one to somebody else. If you're going to have multiple partners, you are going to increase your risk of sexually transmitted infection. I will say, and it is an infection, there are a number of them. They are on the rise. They are certainly on the rise in people over the age of 55. Uh, so it's something definitely to be aware of. Herpes is rampant, uh, so you need to be aware of that. You need to have an open conversation with whomever you are going to have sex with. If they have any sexually transmitted infections, if they have been tested, I trust nobody, you um, need to actually go and, and see their actual results. You almost You can't trust somebody to say they don't have one. Um, I've had patients who have actually had a sexually transmitted infection and denied it and carried on to have sex. So using condoms makes vaginal and or anal intercourse safer sex. Using condoms or other barriers like a dam makes oral sex safer sex. Having sex play without intercourse can be even safer sex. And safer sex, of course, can be pleasurable and very exciting. A lot of people though, however, do not practice safer sex. So if you, it's important to lower your risk um, of um, getting a sexually transmitted infection for uh, certain people of a certain age, the HPV vaccine protects against the type of HPV that most commonly causes cancer. So you want to talk to your doctor or nurse about that. Uh, I, I don't believe it's been tested in people in the uh, age range, your youthful age range of the 70s. Um, so certain sexual activities don't spread sexually transmitted infections like masturbation, of course, mutual masturbation online sex or cyber sex, phone sex, and sharing fantasies. Uh, lower risk activities are, of course, fondling and body-to-body rubbing or dry humping, kissing, um, playing with sex toys with a partner. But higher risk are, are of course, vaginal intercourse and anal intercourse. So uh, using condoms is will, will provide you with some protection, um, but you, some of the STIs that you are at risk of if you do not practice safer sex are, of course, chlamydia, gonorrhea, herpes, hepatitis B, uh, pel- uh, scabies, lice. Um, so those are – chlamydia will affect uh, women and will impact fertility. So – um And also you mentioned pregnancy, and I would ensure that if you didn't want to get a woman pregnant, ensure that she has taken care of that because there's no pill available for men because when they tried to approve that, the uh, side effects were too much for men to handle. So it's uh, mainly the woman's responsibility, but have that conversation uh, with her. If you notice any lesions on a woman, that's a red flag. Um, Of course, um, HIV is another... Uh, STI that is a communicable disease that uh, you could be at risk of if you do not uh, pa- practice safe sex. So uh, oral sex without a condom, um, you know, cytomegalovirus or CMV is one that you're at risk for, herpes, syphilis. Herpes is very common, uh, gonorrhea, hep B. So you have to, uh, there are certain uh, STIs are at greater risk with certain activities so keep that in in mind um, and uh, there's, there's no guarantees in life but if you practice safer sex uh, the better off you can be you can go to options for sexual health they will have information and um, how to get testing and I advise everybody to get testing prior to having sex with somebody um, whether it's clandestine sex or not Uh, So thanks for that great email, and good luck to you on that one. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about, I had an email from Paul. Thanks so much, Paul, about urinary incontinence. um, And Paul has sustained a spinal cord injury, so we're going to talk about that a little bit after I talk about just the regular. Well, first of all, leaking urine is never normal. Uh, A lot of people think that it is or they put up with it, and that's fine. You can put up with it. You can tolerate it. There is something, a new product that's out on the market. It's called Vita Protection, V-I-I-T-A-E, Protection, and it is sexy underwear. It's got lacy, uh, uh, it's it's kind of lacy underwear, and uh, it's, it's quite nice. Uh, So it has, uh, and it's washable, so it's reusable, so you don't have to buy the pads. And so if you just leak a little bit when you're running and you don't want to have a procedure, you don't want to wear a pessary, and it just bothers you when you're running, for example, this could be a great option for you. Um, So if you leak small amounts of urine, uh, you can uh, just email me about those Vita Protection underwear. I think they're great. I've actually been... Handing them out in my office, and uh, the women love them, and so they feel sexy all under, which is important uh, for your sexual self-esteem. Anyway, so there's several different types of urinary incontinence, and we can thank Donald Trump for bringing this particular subject to the forefront. We certainly can, um, and uh, so now we're going to be a whole lot more comfortable talking about urinary incontinence, aren't we, Matt? Like well, everybody's with have it. coming with, into power. yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Um, so the different types of urinary incontinence, and this can be really a devastating condition, I, I don't want to uh, be irreverent about it, um, but stress incontinence is uh, its urine leaks from your bladder when you exert pressure on your bladder through increasing intra-abdominal pressure through activities like coughing, sneezing, laughing exercising, running, or even lifting something heavy. Or a lot of patients, they say to me, I roll in bed or I get up from bed. So going from a lying to a standing and you leak a little bit of urine, there's a weakness in the mid urethra. Urge incontinence is a sudden, intense urge to void followed by an involuntary loss of urine. You generally have a larger amount of urine than you do with, uh, or leakage than you do with stressed urinary incontinence. You may have also have frequency along with that urge incontinence and that may happen throughout the night. You don't want to be getting up at night, especially if you're older of advanced age. Uh, you're at greater risk of falls and fractures. Of course people can get dizzy when they go from a lying to a standing. They may have a bit of orthostatic hypotension when their blood pressure drops uh, suddenly because of a weakness in the blood vessels. So you don't want to be getting up at night in the dark, tripping over things. Another reason you should clean your bedroom. Keep the pathway to your master bathroom, your oasis for you-know-what um, in in clean and tidy. Overflowing incontinence is... Uh, Frequent or constant dribbling of urine because the bladder doesn't empty completely. So a lot of people experience that. Functional incontinence is when you have mobility issues or physical or mental impairment and you can't make it to the bathroom on time. So sometimes people will utilize a commode next to the bed uh, in that situation and mixed incontinence and that's any um, two of these types of incontinence on in types of incontinence combined. so that can be the mix. But after spinal cord injury, things will change uh, for a person's bladder. Uh, many people are unable to store the urine in the bladder in the same fashion you were able to before. and the bladder is it's pretty simple. it's either about storage or or emptying and so you'll have problems one way or another depending on the degree the level of your spinal cord injury so you may not be able to voluntarily empty your bladder because you have changes in your nervous system and it's termed a neurogenic bladder so you may find that you're leaking urine um unwittingly you may have overactive bladder and that's frequency urgency and nocturia with or without incontinence so a lot of people with spinal cord injury have that but but for all it's called a neurogenic bladder and we can see this in spinal cord injury spinal cord disease brain trauma and also damage in any uh, neurological disease where the nerves leading to and from the bladder are damaged. So you can have a a reflex or upper motor neuron bladder or a flaccid or lower motor neuron bladder. And so they have different types of symptoms. So go to see somebody, if you have an issue about this, go to see somebody who understands lower motor neuron damage in the bladder versus a reflex bladder or an upper motor neuron damage and and so that depends on the level of your injury and uh, we'll uh, we can get into that a little bit further if you like, just pop me an email sex talk at cknw dot com if you'd like more information about that or you can always go to see a nurse continence advisor or a physiatrist um, who th- these folks deal with um, Myself, I'm a nurse continence advisor, and maybe Donald Trump is an honorary nurse continence advisor now. But uh, and physiatrists deal with damage. Uh, I wanted to mention that I'm speaking. I'm the co-chair actually of the fourth international autonomic symposium that is going to be held on February 22nd at the Blussen Spinal Cord Center. So, if you're a researcher, clinician, nurse continence advisor, um, this is a great. Um, Symposium to attend. Lots of information, and we're going to be talking about some of the advancements made, um, especially toward ambulation for people in with spinal cord injury. We're looking to hear from the community as well. So there's lots of information about that. Google Fourth International Autonomic Symposium. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. <laughs> Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980, CKNW. Uh, Many of you may or may not know that I am an Irish Catholic nurse that talks sex, brought up in the convent schools and uh, devout Catholic family. Parents listen to this show, I want you to know. And uh, to quote my father one time, he said, You know, Maureen, it's good. It's not smut. Uh, So we still have this uh, perception out there that, uh, you know, sex is dirty and sex is bad, and never has this point been underscored more than by the Catholic Church itself and the Pope's uh, uh, request that Catholic priests remain celibate. I don't know how you feel about this, if you think that Catholic priests should remain celibate Do you think that that perhaps contributed to some of the issues that the Catholic priests have had uh, in the past, in particular the uh, sexual abuse of children? Um, The Pope, in some of his writings, has said that he—this has been—the priests have been celibate since 1139, so it's been a long time, and he feels that there has been more benefit than— Uh, negativity associated with this celibacy. So I was uh, interested to see that 26 Italian women wrote a letter to the Pope, and these Italian women, these 26 Italian women, are forced to hide their relationships because they are having relationships with Catholic priests. In their letter, they wrote that they love these men and that the men love them, and in most cases, despite all the efforts to renounce it, one cannot manage to give up such a solid and beautiful bond they humbly placed their suffering at the pope's feet in the hope in at pope francis's feet in the hope that something may change not just for them, but for the good of the entire church. If 26 women got together, and they got th- together through Facebook and bonded over these shared clandestine relationships, so if these 26 women have come forward, they are representative of a much larger group. It's like if you see one carpentry ant, you've got a million in your walls. Um, so there, I imagine there are many women who have had and are having uh, affairs with Catholic priests, but uh, the Catholic priests are... Um, Conflicted, very much so. Uh, they, I I have, um, one of my uncles was the youngest ordained bishop in the Catholic Church. Uh, he remained um, true to his vow to the Pope. Uh, and, and it's ecclesiastical, so it's not doctrine. So they actually can, it's actually quite easy to... Um, Uh, remove yourself from this vow. Uh, It's as easy as it is taking the vow. It's a promise to the Pope, basically, essentially, to put it quite simply. But, um, you know, we are sexual beings. This is a biological need. This is something that has to be suppressed. Uh, This can be a big challenge for um, a lot of people. I remember when I was growing up in in our town, uh, the monsignor left with a divorced woman it was quite a scandal they had to leave she had children and and i remember the mothers of course all talking about it you know just adding to the shame um when two people were in love and two people just wanted to be with each other and and so often society puts um this issue um or or uh, put shame on on people, and and we worry about what other people think when when that's quite needless. So so the Pope, uh, so far no, he uh, will continue asking the priest to give him a vow of celibacy. The marriage is to the church, and to God uh, and the higher being. So um, that's how it is now. But it's interesting. Uh, we're seeing things change, especially in Italy. Italy is now uh, they put a proposal in no longer to mandate fidelity, a pledge of fidelity in marriages. So we're, we're seeing a little bit of a shift there, a little bit of a shuffle. Um, On to another subject. Well, I'll just preface it with this. I, I saw somebody, most people recognize my voice. They never recognize me in person. And, cause because I'm on radio. Nobody knows what I look like. So, But they they recognize my voice. And and so I, I met somebody this week, and this particular person said, You're not the Maureen from CKNW? And I said, Yes, I am. And this person said, Oh, my gosh, I love you. You're so irreverent. And I said, Irreverent? And she, she said, Yes, you're irreverent. And I said, say it again, you're irreverent. And I I was so flattered. (laughs) I wanted to be, I love being irreverent because I think that's one way to educate. So if I come across as irreverent on a lot of subjects, I am. On this subject, I am not irreverent because this subject is dear and near to my heart. And it's, it's it's a heartbreak. And we lost a wonderful women's health expert in Ontario when, when, there's intimate partner homicide and violence. But there are some warning signs that are often missed that I think are really important. There are telltale signs that a life is in danger. And one of the telltale signs, according to some research that has been done recently in Ontario, and we have 28 homicides, women who die by intimate homicide in Ontario every year. Um, but one of the signs is when a relationship is over or it's ending, or there's a history of abuse in the relationship, or there were threats of violence. And we've lost Dr. Elena Frick-Shamji. She's um, Her husband, uh, allegedly, um, he's being tried for this crime. He's allegedly the person who has taken her life and um, She was a 40-year-old mother of three physician, lived in a million-dollar home, had it all, and uh, compare her to uh, an immigrant from Trinidad who was a single mom living in the Toronto community housing, um, and she didn't really have... Much money or means, um, and that's where the dissimilarities end, and the similarities are they—they they were both allegedly killed by their by their husbands, hu- men who allegedly loved them. So there are so many commonalities. So we've got to help these women. We've got to raise this issue. We've got to overreact instead of underreact. So I wish I had more time to talk about this, but we'll continue to talk about abusive relationships in the coming shows um, and violence, and know that there is help. You can email me, Sex Talk at CK com. if you need help or you suspect that somebody is in a violent relationship. Anyway, when you're having fun, it always ends too quickly. Matt, thanks so much for your board op tonight. I want to mention the birth fair, February 25th and 26th at the Cloverdale Agridome. I'm going to be talking about sex after the kids are born. Follow me on Twitter at back, the number two, the bedroom when you stumble on this gravel road of life. Make it part of your dance. I am Maureen McGrath and you have been listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Have a sexually healthy week, everybody. Man! Get down with my Godfriend. right. Wow Holland
1: cast!
0: Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980, CKNW.